Dissonance Media and the Other Stories presents Step into the abyss of After the Gloaming, a gothic fiction podcast that delves into the depths of human emotion. Unyielding love, revenge, internal struggles, and restless souls await you in nine haunting episodes where dread, fear, and rare glimpses of eerie happiness linger. Dare to listen on your favourite podcatcher? After the gloaming beckons, search now, but beware, innocence will be left behind. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. These aren't the stories your mother told you. No, these are the other stories. Today's episode of The Other Stories has been sponsored by Hawk and Cleaver. That's us. Time is running out to join our Getting Started Writing Short Horror Stories mini course, which is a course, a workshop and a writing challenge in where myself and best-selling author Daniel Wilcox take a bunch of writers through the process of writing a short horror story from beginning to end. It's perfect for people wanting to dip their toes into the wonderful world of writing short and scary stories, or for those writers who have been finding themselves stuck, able to start lots of stories but unable to finish them. We would love to see you there. If it sounds like your kind of thing, head over to theotherstories.net forward slash mini course and sign up today. There's only a few spots left, so sign up quickly to reserve your space. Today's episode is An Arm and a Leg. Written by Lawson Ray and narrated by Grant Patrizio. One hundred six thousand five hundred sixty-six. The amount of people on the kidney transplant wait list. Sixteen thousand eight hundred ninety-four. The average kidney recipients each year. Three thousand. The probable number of recipients in the last few months of this year. Numbers are how I earn my living. Numbers are familiar. Numbers are how I make this all bearable. My mother has been on the wait list for the last two and a half years. 
which puts her at number 64,023. In that time, 33,891 people received a kidney, and another 8,609 have died waiting. And then there's the final number, the one that gives me no solace. 29. The age I'll be when she's supposed to die. This year. Maybe even this month. I'm sitting in the corner of her room as we wait for her doctor to come in. My leg is bouncing and my eyes are darting between her, the floor, and the door. 29. 29! I'll probably lose my mother at 29! The clock above the door ticks louder than it should, and a pre-Happy Gilmore Adam Sandler movie is playing on the 15-inch TV perched high in the corner above the sink. Mom is watching it closely, with a calm smile on her face. There's a sudden noise, and I jump to my feet. Three quick knocks at the door, and it swings open a second later. The doctor's head pokes in with frazzled black hair and big round glasses covering his brown eyes. Joanne Gibson? Yes, that's me, Mom says. He steps into the room and clicks the door shut. There's a clipboard tucked under his arm, he reveals, and places on the desk. He sits on his stool, then spins towards Mom. How are we doing today? She lets out a sardonic laugh. You know, same old. Any changes in medical status? Blood pressure, urination, shortness of breath, nausea, fatigue? I don't think so. It's hard to tell when you're always tired and nauseous and everything else. Dr. Freeman nods and jots something down on his pad. Yes, I know these can be difficult times. Difficult times? I shout. How can you say difficult times? Is that all you have? Settle down, Keegan. It's all right, Mom says. Deep regret sullies her face, hanging from her eyes and diminishing her once reliable smile. But I don't care. We're running out of time. We've had two doctors tell us they expect my mom to die long before she's up for a transplant. She's gotten next to no help or treatments from any of you. They all just say, just wait on the list, like a sitting duck. But no. Difficult times. I'm sorry there's not much else I can offer you, Mr. Gibson. I open my mouth, wanting nothing other than to shout more. Instead, I look between his hapless eyes and calm lips and the pen he's clicking in his hand. I want to storm out, but I stay for Mom. So, what do you have for us? He turns to Mom. Well, Mrs. Gibson's results came back with some unfortunate consistencies. Your kidney has followed the projected trajectory and has recently dropped below an EFGR of 30 to 28. English! I demand. You have about three months until total failure. Mom's head drops as she nods. Okay. Thank you. I try to hold back some tears. I'm going to get some fresh air! I croak. I hurry down the elevator and past the front desk, bang open the doors and collapse on the bench outside. I finally release my breath and let the tears flow out, and for a few moments I don't feel they'll ever stop. An older man sitting beside me sticks his snooping nose out from the obituary section of his paper. For a moment, he stares, then says, You on the list? I can hardly speak through my choking sobs. 
I don't want to talk right now. He flicks his wrist to straighten the paper before folding it shut. My father was on that list for four years and never got one. It's a sham, I tell you. All it does is give you an ounce of hope for something that'll never come. It keeps you on the edge of your seat, not accepting the reality, until it's too late. He was number 17 when he died. My mom is 64,023. Doctor told us she has about three months. I'm sorry, son. That's no time at all. You look young. Too young to lose a mother. I cry harder and cover my face with both hands. The man slides down the bench towards me and brings his chapped lips to my ear. I hear every labored breath he takes. I feel its warmth circling through my eardrum. What if I told you I can do it tomorrow? I pull away. What? He nods and his eyes widen. Yeah, I got a fresh kidney coming in first thing tomorrow. It's all yours if you want it. That depends. Is your mother's life worth the risk? I think about it, but only for a moment. How much would it be? We aren't well off. I don't have anything left. He places a wrinkled hand on my back. That depends. Breathe deeply. And so I do. In. Then out. His mouth curls to a smile. I think we can work something out. I don't want to scare mom, so I go alone. I don't even tell her. I go exactly where the man told me and find myself at the corner of Wiley Street as the clock approaches midnight. I take out my phone and text the mysterious number, I'm here. As expected, a set of hands I recognize as his, wrinkled and dry, tie a black blindfold over my eyes. He spins me around a few times, then takes me down a few streets. I don't pay much attention. I don't care where the building is. I just want to get the kidney and leave. The whole way there, he's humming a tune. It sounds like the melody of a 50s rock song, but I can't quite distinguish it. You still haven't told me your name, I say. He stops humming. That won't be necessary, Mr. Gibson. But I never told you my name. He says nothing and resumes humming. A door opens and closes, and we turn six or seven more times before stopping short. Not an ounce of light makes it through the blindfold. I feel his hands fiddling with the blindfold behind my head, hear his dry breathing, and smell something like rotting meat hanging in the air. It stinks in here. The man continues humming. He finally unties the blindfold and pulls it from my face, but I still can't see anything. As my eyes struggle to adjust to the darkness, the man's humming fades. He clears his throat. I hear glass rattling around. Jars being unscrewed. What was it you said you needed? His voice is raspy, but melodic. A kidney. I nod, but doubt he can see me. Yes, that's right. I try to feel my way around. I'm beginning to make out faint shapes, sharp edges of tables, outlines of windows, something shapely hanging from the ceiling, like a model of a vulture. Don't touch anything, he giggles. 
Something rattles off a table and falls to the floor and makes a thick splat when it lands. Oopsie daisy! Despite his commands, I keep stepping around, swinging my arms to look for some surfaces to hold on to. I grab something. I think it's his arm, but he doesn't react. I make contact around the wrist and then walk my hands up toward the shoulder. The arm is quite hairy. It also feels cold, rigid. I guide my hands along a little further and reach the shoulder area. Only, there is no shoulder. Nothing but bone protruding from frayed flesh. I let go and instinctively push the arm away. It's attached to something, but not a body. It wheels off and knocks against something a few feet away. The man's movements stop. I see you've met Sally, he calls out. I won't lie, this one won't be cheap. The man's voice echoes through the cavernous room. As his words reverberate off the walls, I try to pinpoint where he is, to no avail. I think of answering him, but I can't bring myself to speak. My breath is quickening, shaking. The more I focus on controlling it, the louder it seems to get. An arm? It echoes once more. I twist back and forth, searching again for the source. Then I feel it, that warm breath rolling through my ear. The sound of his bone-dry lips parting to form his next three words. And a leg. The lights flick on and I see the figure hanging before the window. It's no vulture. It's a man with his stomach opened and flesh stretched out to both sides, dripping with fresh blood. A bone saw revs beside me. I take off in a panic dash. He walks slowly behind me, his bare feet sticking to the blood-soaked floorboards. I try to remember the amount of turns it took to get in here. Three, seven... I turn down one hallway, then another to a dead end of locked doors and a tall window. The saw spins close behind. I turn back and make my way down another hallway. This one leads to a staircase, but I don't remember taking stairs. I fly down the stairs anyway since there's nowhere else to turn. Below is a foyer, only lit by the sliver of moonlight breaking through the corners of the door. Don't you want to help your poor sweet mother? He giggles again. The saw revs louder. A small price to pay for the woman who bore you. I sprint to the end of the room toward the doors. His feet pound on the stairs behind me. I jiggle the door handles, both locked. I bash my shoulder into one. It hurts, but the door doesn't budge. An arm and a leg is all I need. One arm, one leg. The revving is distinct now. Only a few feet away. His footsteps break the silence between the saws spinning. He's walking so slowly now. He knows he has me. I bash the door. I bash the door again. Then again. And once more. The lock finally breaks. The door swings open and I stumble out, only catching my footing right before I faceplant into the street at the end of the sidewalk. A car swerves into the left lane to avoid me and honks. I listen for the man. No revving. No footsteps. No crackling laughs. I run and never look back. I go home feeling lucky to be alive, but dejected. 
All hope I had for the man's miracle kidney had been swept away in that warehouse of madness. That is, until I reached my front door. Sitting on the stoop is a package. A cardboard box, hastily taped with the words, Mr. Gibson, scrawled across the top in thick black lettering. I try to pick the package up and bring it inside, but it's too heavy to move. Something large swashes inside, throwing my balance. I release the box, then rip the tape off and open each flap of the box carefully. Inside is a blue cooler, covered in dried blood. On top of the cooler lies a folded yellow piece of paper, also taped on. I tear the paper off, unsure whether I really want to read it, but I open it anyway, my hands shaking all the while. In the same scratchy lettering as was on the box, five words are crudely etched into the paper. An arm and a leg. I throw the paper down, spin around, and scan the front lawn. Nothing. No sign of the man. I haven't seen him since. But one day he'll come back for his payment. One arm and one leg. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of The Other Stories. An Arm and a Leg was written by Lawson Ray, narrated by Grant Patrizio, edited by Duncan Muggleton, with music by Duncan Muggleton and Tom Robson, and sound effects provided by freesound.org. The episode illustration is provided by Luke Spoon of Carry On House. A quick thanks to our community managers Joshua Boucher and Jasmine Arch, and Carolyn O'Brien for helping with our submission reading. And of course to Ben Errington for his content marathons he runs in the name of social media and really tight shorts. Go on, lad. <laughs> Lawson Ray is a fiction horror writer who posts short stories every week on his website, LawsonRay.com. You can also find him on Twitter at, at @reallawsonray. Grant Patrizio has lent his skills to a variety of audiobooks, animated works, video games and audio dramas one of which got him nominated for an Audioverse Award in 2019. For more, head over to grantpatrizio.com. Would you like to have an episode of The Other Stories dedicated to you, or someone you love, or maybe to a cause, or just to dedicate an episode to your favourite type of sandwich? That sounds interesting. Get in touch over at theotherstories.net forward slash contact. Once again, that's theotherstories.net forward slash contact. The Other Stories is a production of the story studio Hawk and Cleaver and is brought to you with a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives license. That means don't change it, don't sell it, but by all means share the hell out of it. So, until next time. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.